Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, May the 9th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we begin year C, the fifth Sunday of Easter. And on the Monday of the week, we'd like to take a look at an Old Testament passage which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary in this week in the church calendar year. However, during the season of Easter, a lot of times we don't get an Old Testament passage. We get a Psalm passage. We don't get an Old Testament passage. So I have to go hunting one down. So I had this interesting passage from Genesis chapter 30, verses 35 through 43. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us party morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Genesis chapter 30, verses 35 through 43. So that day Laban removed the male goats that were streaked or spotted, all the female goats that were speckled or spotted, and all the dark-colored lambs, and put them in the care of his sons. Then he separated them from Jacob by a three-day journey while Jacob was taking care of the rest of Laban's flocks. But Jacob took fresh-cut branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees. He made white streaks by peeling them, making the white inner wood in the branches visible. Then he set up the peeled branches in all the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink. He set up the branches in front of the flocks when they were in heat and came to drink. When the sheep made it in front of the branches, they gave birth to young and that were streaked or speckled or spotted. Jacob removed these lambs and he made the rest of the flock face the streaked and completely dark-colored animals in Laban's flock. So he made separate flocks for himself and did not mix them with Laban's flocks. When the stronger females were in heat, Jacob would set the branches in the troughs in front of the flock so they would mate with near the branches. But if the animals were weaker, he did not set the branches there. So the weaker animals ended up belonging to Laban and the stronger animals to Jacob. In this way, Jacob became extremely prosperous. He owned large flocks, male and female servants, camels, and donkeys. This is the word of God for us. All right, so let's just acknowledge it from the top here. This is a strange story. It's strange that it's in Genesis. It's strange that it takes up so much room. And um, it's kind of complicated and convoluted. But uh, at the heart of it is this continual, at least this part of Genesis, there's this continual rivalry between Laban and Jacob. And Jacob ripped off his brother and his dad earlier in life. And it seems to be revisiting him when he's in this foreign land with Laban. He does get married off, but Laban pulls the rug out from under his feet a couple of different times. And here it is once again, uh, Jacob would like to part ways, uh, but Laban understands that there's something unique about Jacob in his life, that God is somehow blessing his household with Jacob being there. And so he wants to keep him close. And so they agree to terms. And the terms are this, that anything that's speckled or spotted, Jacob gets to keep. And everything that's plain, Laban gets to keep. And you'll notice that if you look up above, um, and if you read our text, that uh, Laban takes the, the ones that are not speckled, and he gives them to his sons and their workers, and he separates them from Jacob in a three days journey. So there's no way that someone could uh, claim 
that uh, Jacob's doing anything improper um, because there's distance between the two. He's not going in the middle of the night stealing livestock from Laban's sons and his hired hands. Uh, Jacob is raising flocks on his own. But he does something interesting. To the strong ones, like he makes these like spotted branches and he puts them by the watering troughs. And so that these animals can somehow look at the spotted branches and whenever they make offspring, they make spotted offspring. So in doing so, like Jacob weans out the weaker livestock. Uh, he doesn't allow them to see the branches, but to the stronger ones, he allows them to see the branches so that seeing them somehow creates within them these stronger livestock and offspring so that as his flock grows, it only grows with stronger livestock. So over the passing of time, Jacob becomes more prosperous in doing so. Okay, strange story. So how can we apply it to our faith today? I mean, how does this aid one's soul rising to meet God? Uh, this is, once again, a, maybe just a disclaimer to you. This is an Eastern text. Uh, which operates on different uh, wisdom wavelengths than perhaps the um, you know the stoic classrooms that you and I are used to in our university and college and educational pedagogy systems, right? So uh, Eastern thought is more fluid. It is more picturesque. It's got alternative wisdom within it, right? But somehow, some way, like Jacob had to make something out of nothing and it had to start with a vision. And uh, he took a wager. And he wagered that if animals could look at speckled branches, that they're going to make speckled livestock, no matter what their skin color or like their, I guess the pattern of their skin uh, was uh, when they went into mating season. And uh, he made this great wager and the wager worked out, but it started with a vision. It started something he could, he could conceive something and uh, he had a desire for it. He made provision for it and it came into being. Perhaps this is, not the only picture of what faith looks like, but this is a way that faith is exercised in our own life. The Apostle Paul says that we don't live by sight, but we live by faith. But there is a vision in faith. There, there is a conceptualizing. There is a thinking. There is leaping out. Uh, there's making a wager in the life of faith. And this is how you and I, uh, this is how we thrive in our Christian life as well. We we get a picture, a mental picture, a picture within our soul and our spirit about what could be, and we make a wager. We we ought, we act towards it. We get emotionally invested and involved in it, and we leverage all of our intention towards it. We ask God to bless it and to give us the strength to see it through and to see it out. And um, this is how we advance in the Christian faith as well. Uh, for some of us, it's we want to, uh, you know, we've got some vision to make an impact somewhere in the world. And so we begin to dream about what it could be for maybe another person. They want to start a family and they don't have kids. And maybe there's not even a, like they don't have a house in order to have a family. Uh, and so they need a bigger place. And so they begin to envision like, what would a house look like for me in a growing family? Right. And for some of us, we have like a, a dream for a business. And we believe that God is like stirring us for a business idea and it's not actually a thing right now like it's it's in the unseen realm of our intentions and our thoughts and of our faith and so we need God to stir it up but all of a sudden a picture begins to form in our minds and it begins to hatch help to hatch a vision and we begin to work towards it right uh, every every story of faith uh, the one that you know, the ones that I know, the ones that we hear about from time to time, it begins, its conception is that there's a picture that begins to form and prayer is given towards that picture. 
and provisions are set aside for that picture. And it begins to go from just something that we're sensing deep within our soul, begins to begin to work out in the tangible realm, in the the physical world, right? It's because we started with a picture in mind. I just say this because I think some of us want to launch out. We want to make the wager, but it's tough. It's hard to conceive. Like it's hard to imagine that we should make this wager, that we should take the next step. And so I think the story from deep in the, in the heart of Genesis 30, some strange story about conflict between Laban and Jacob can give us inspiration today. We just need to continue to work on the picture, work on the vision, and begin to make a wager towards it. And who knows, as God begins to bless it and moves it down the road, this thing begins to build, not just in our minds, but build in the world around us because we took those initial steps of faith towards it. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe you're sheepish to even confess what it is. You don't have to confess it today. You just have to begin to build the, the picture. You got to be, got to begin to like sketch the thought in our minds and begin to pray about it and ask God, is this your will for me to continue to see this thing forward and see it all the way through? So I'm just, I'm just going to pray a prayer of faith over us in our prayer time that the picture in our mind be get more and more closer to a lived reality in our time. So let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we reach out to you once again through faith. We think that we embrace Jesus, that we can be co-heirs with Christ in the kingdom of God because of faith in Christ. We thank you that you stirred us to believe, and we thank you that uh, without faith, it's impossible to please you. And so today we declare that we want to be people of faith. God, we confess to you that times that we get uh, we get encumbered, we get um, bogged down by the things that we see. We get discouraged because we don't see uh, you work at times, and we think that uh, we might be on our own, that we're not comforted, that we're not led. But we confess to you, God, that we want to believe. Uh, we, we're like the guy that encountered uh, Jesus who was struggling with faith. He's like, I believe, but just help me in my own belief. God, we want to be people of faith, marked out by faith, led by faith, known for being people of faith. And so, God, we pray this day that you would stir us up, allow the gift of faith to flourish in our lives. And I pray that you would help us to sketch visions of what can become. And I pray that as we begin to conceive it in our souls, uh, that you would give us confidence to, to walk with you, to step out, and to begin to en- envision new things in the days ahead. You tell us in your word to forget the former things, don't dwell on the past, and you ask us to move forward, to strive towards what is ahead. So God, we, we desire to strive ahead today. So help us as we do so. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.